Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is making love stick. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. This is our Valentine's show, and it's all about love. Listeners, have you ever been in love before? Are you in love today? Are you dating or married? Well, here's what I know about love. It's a strange and wonderful thing. I'm married to the famous, well, he is in my world, Farber Dean. His name is Just Plain Dean. I've actually had people come up to me and say, did his mom and dad really name him Farmer? No, that's just what I call him. You see, I nickname pretty much anybody that's a friend of mine. And when I met him, he said, my name is Dean, but he was a farmer. So I had to put farmer in front of Dean and that's what I called him. He calls me ma'am. I call him Farmer Dean. Farmer Dean is kind. He's caring and gentle and he's an amazing support system to me. We laugh. We get along great. But it wasn't always like that, and sometimes it's just a lot of work to be married, even though he's really wonderful. I'm sure he would feel that way if you asked him as well. Let me tell you about it. When Dean and I met, my pastor was screening my dates for me through an online dating service. Dean was a farmer living in the middle of nowhere, at least that's what I thought. Now that I live here, it's not nowhere, it's somewhere really great. But he was asking God if he'd been forgotten when it came to the dating scene. He came across my post on the site and he emailed me a short little quip that said, quote, if opposites attract, I sure hope we're opposite, end of quote. And for the next five weeks, Dean emailed me. I wondered if he'd ever get the nerve to ask me out. The pastors who were screening all of the dates I was going on said, you know what, Kath, you've got terrible taste in men. We're going to help you. They knew I had been divorced. I had lived through a really hard time through that, and many, many years had gone by. So they were helping. It was really great. But what I didn't know is that on the other end was a wonderful farmer who thought he'd been forgotten. When the day finally arrived where we met face-to-face, I was enamored with everything about him. He drove up in a big black truck. He had a single rose. He was very sweet, unlike many of the other guys I was dating. And I only went on a date for one hour. I went for breakfast or coffee or lunch. But for Farmer Dean, I gave him a couple of hours where we sat at supper and then we walked around a lake. I liked his smile, his dimple, his compassion for his family and his farm. And I also loved the fact that he loved Jesus. But the opposites of life pulled up a chair and joined us right there because that's what he wanted. Opposite. Well, we really are. You see, I was chatty and he was very quiet. I was expressive and he was so calm. I moved quickly. He took his time. I was a musician. He was not. I loved the indoors. He loved the outdoors. I had kids. He had none. I had been married. He had never been married. And boom, there it was. Never been married. Sounded fabulous to me, and yet it created some wrinkles in the road. All of those opposites did. You see, we were truly what each other wished, but we were opposite. I was the city girl. He was the country boy. 
When we got married one year later, we lived apart for the next year. Dean teases me so often, and he says, Kath, that was the best year of our marriage. Ha, Farmer Dean. It was because we didn't even live together. We saw each other on the weekends. But it was really great because it was a transition time to go from never being married to being married or from being married to somebody that was unkind to me to now being married to somebody very kind and gentle. When I took a job out near the farm in a neighboring city, I moved with my youngest daughter and we began to live as husband and wife together every single day. But remember what I told you, opposites. At first, when we didn't agree, Dean would become quiet and go off to work outside. I would be distrusting because of my former marriage and I'd get irritated quickly and I'd cry a lot. Our behavior just wasn't working. One day, Farmer Dean came in from the field and he sat across from me and he said the best thing he could ever say to me. He said, Kathy, I'm not your former husband. I'm just me. I love you. Please trust me. Anytime you wonder where I am, just look out the back window. Every time I come around with the combine, I'll wave, okay? Well, that was it. I realized what I was doing wrong. I wasn't trusting. I wasn't even trying to trust. So I began that day to work on changing. For Dino, it was different. Every time we had a bump, I'll be honest, it was really unpleasant. We take some time and try to figure out how we got there and how to get past it. He would get really mad and really quiet. Sometimes it took a little work. All right, it took a lot of work. In that second year, at times, we wondered if we'd made a big mistake. But God has a way of working with you when you commit to your marriage and to God. We prayed a lot. We worked hard to understand one another. And we got into the habit that as soon as we were mad, we would quietly sit down and try to walk through what had gotten us there and how to work through it. We had to listen to each other. And boy, is that ever tough for me? I'm a talker. And you know what? Dean had to talk. And that was really tough for him because he's a listener. Did I mention that we worked hard? Love and marriage, it's hard work. You see the lovely pictures of your friends who are getting engaged or all of their photos on Facebook and they look so happy. But you know what the truth is? They're getting ready for the ride of their lives because Here's the deal. Marriage is work. Doesn't matter who you're married to. It's work to live with anyone. Your boss, your church, your kids, your mother, your neighbor. It's work to get along. Will you put forth the effort and work on it? Well, it's not easy, but I'm sure here to tell you 10 years later, it is worth it. I've never been so happy. And Farmer Dean, well, if you ask him today, he'd tell you that, that yes, that first year was great, but we've had some really fabulous times since then. It just takes effort. Here's one of my favorite oldie moldies from 1955. See if you recognize it. Frank Sinatra singing Love and Marriage. Love and marriage, love and marriage like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage, love and marriage It's an institute you can't disparage Ask the local 
local gentry And they will say it's elementary Try, try, try to separate them It's an illusion Try, try, try and you will only come To this conclusion Love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage Dad was told by mother You can't have one, you can't have none You can't have one without the other separate them it's an illusion try 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 and you will only come to this conclusion love and marriage love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage that was told by mother you can't have one You can't have one without the other. Friends, here's one of my favorite quotes about love from who else but a lovely author. Boy, when I was little, he was one of my go-tos, and that's Dr. Seuss. He says, you know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. Oh, I love it. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, and today's topic is Making Love Stick, and it's our Valentine's show. Happy Valentine's Day. Joining me in the studio today is married couple Jean and Sandra Shea. Jean is a corporate lawyer, and Sandra is a professional musician, homeschooling mother, and motivational speaker for Best Life Ministries. They've been married for 20 years and have two children. Here's my first question for Jean and Sandra. You guys have incredibly busy lives with Jean having a huge job and Sandra teaching and running her children to various events. How are you guys making time for each other? I believe that if something is important enough to you, you're going to make it happen. And for us, our marriage is a huge priority. So we make sure that we have time for each other. So we do some intentional things in order to create that possibility. The first is something called iCalendar. We put it on our schedule. It's on our phones. The kids know that it's happening. They know that if mom and dad have a date, there had better be an emergency room in order to stop that. So it's a very important thing for us, and they know not to mess with that. The other thing is we try to be creative because we are so busy and not always go for that two, three, four-hour date that we would love to have. But sometimes it's a half an hour or it's a 45-minute date or it's in the middle of running errands, but we run out and get a fun treat to eat or drink while we're out so that we can try to have a little bit of fun and spontaneity and creativity in it. Um, The last thing that we do is that we make sure that we connect every night. We do not go to sleep at night until we've made sure that we connected with each other and talked through our days a little bit and just see how we're doing on a physical level, on an emotional level, and on a spiritual level. 
So I think what incredible ideas those are. Thank you so much for sharing those because that really kind of leads into my next question with you. Um, I think when we don't spend time, whether it's our husband or our children or our job, our neighbors, anybody, when we aren't spending time focused solely and wholly on that person, um, it can create conflict. And that leads me into my next question. So um, arguing is a huge issue in marriage. And I just talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show that, you know, Dean and I had to really work on how to get along. Have you guys found a way to work out your problems and then not continue to hold on to grudges? Because grudges are kind of a, a real, you know, they, they're a joy robber. In all honesty, this was a huge problem for our marriage. We didn't know how to argue. And whenever we did, it was just terrible. Uh, so I think I was very mature. Uh, I would yell. We might slam some doors. We would have a lot of conflict or we'd avoid each other. And the reality is we got to a point where we really realized that it was unhealthy. And we wanted to find a way to communicate better. And th- through this process, we realized that if I felt hurt, I actually shouldn't just go right at it. And part of my personality was being a fighter. So whenever I felt hurt or had an unmet need, I would want to talk about it right then and there. Now, on the other hand, Sandra. I'm a runner. So whenever I felt hurt or was upset, the last thing on the planet I wanted to do was talk to Jean. I wanted to just stuff it under a rug and wait till things cooled down and then come back out with our happy faces. Right. So it could be a fighter versus a runner, or it could be a hailstorm versus a snapping turtle. So we were opposites. But what we've realized all these, uh, after all these arguments and discussions is that we actually needed to set the table. And what I meant by that is I needed to make an appointment with Sandra to be able to th- let her know that I wanted to talk to her about an issue and to give her the opportunity to say yes or no. And if she said yes, we'd set a time. It wouldn't have to be right then and there. It could be a day later or later on in the day. And after setting the table, I've had to try to process the issue ahead of time. I didn't have a lot of awareness over my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I only knew what I didn't want, especially when I was hurt. So as a result, I needed to really change my paradigm. Because growing up, I grew up in a household where we really didn't know how to express emotions. And so I needed more awareness through that process to think through What's the issue? What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my wants? And at that point, then we would have our discussion. And at the end of the day, it was really to help each other feel heard and understood in a safe manner. We needed a better communication process. And we learned that through couple communication. It's a national organization that helps create a process to be able to resolve issues in a very efficient and effective manner. How about some ground rules, Sandra? Well, and first I want to tag on and say that that process that we learned through couples communication, we actually are now certified to teach. And so it's this amazing gift that we get to give to other people because it was so transformational for us to learn in our own marriage. But some of the rules that we have learned through the couple communication are these. Um, The first thing is you need to use I statements, not you statements. So 
I think such and such, or I feel sad, I feel angry, whatever it is, but not to use you statements. Another thing is to remember that when we're listening to each other, we are listening to that person's reality, to that person's perception, to that person's feelings, and that they're not right or wrong. That's just what that person is thinking or feeling, and that it just is. And to truly learn how to listen, that was a big skill in addition to speaking that we needed to learn was how to listen. The other thing, um, we learned how to give apologies. An apology is actually a three-part process. The first thing, you need to actually say the words, I'm sorry, to one another. Uh, accept responsibility. I'm sorry, I did whatever it is that you did. And then a remedy, which is what can I do to make it better? I'm sorry I didn't take out the trash. If I take it out now, will that be better? Or whatever your example is. And so that was a huge thing. And then finally, of course, forgiveness, which there are many books that people can read, and we've done a lot of work on that. But learning how to truly give an apology um, also is important then to also truly forgive so that you don't harbor um, those feelings of unforgiveness and don't tack on one offense to an offense that happened a week, a month, or years ago. And I think that's so easy to do for all of us. You know, we can just bring up something. When you're already angry, you just bring up something that happened in the past and remember when this happened. And for the most part, the person that did it doesn't really remember. Jean Sandra has a full plate with homeschooling, her own music, and public speaking. Do you ever feel like you're last on her list of what's important? And if not, why not? Well, sometimes I'm actually at the top of the list. Sometimes I'm at the middle of the list. And some days I'm actually at the bottom of the list. But wherever I'm at, I don't feel like I'm at the bottom of the list on the bad days. Because in those days, I know she's doing all she can. And she has so many commitments. And it's not all about me. And as her partner, I'm here also to support her for all of her other things that are on her plate, raising our kids, her music, her public speaking, her cookbook. So I'm also here as her cheerleader. And sometimes I'm actually going to take a place at the bottom of the list. And that is okay. I think part of it is that she makes time for many things that are important in life. And I still feel honored. I know that when she has time, Maybe on those times I'm even at the bottom of the list, I still feel cherished because we still try to carve out time for each other. And she's so intentional. And she lets me know that I'm still at the top of her list, even when I might be prioritized at the bottom. Gene, that's just excellent. I love it. Sandra, Gene is super busy with his job and does a lot of volunteering with your church, even traveling to Africa to serve. Do you ever feel like you're at the bottom of the list for Jean? And if not, why? Fun question that I hear a lot uh, from society. Actually, I'm never at the bottom of Jean's list because for me, it's all about our relationship. It's about our commitment to each other. And I know that Jean's order goes like this. It says, God, it's me, it's our kids, and then it's everything else. And there's been plenty of times in our marriage where I've come to Jean and I've said, Jean, you are out too much. Your attention, your emotional energy, your physical energy, you're just gone too much and I need you here more. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about it with those I statements and I'll share my thoughts and my feelings and my wants and he will make course adjustments. And so I know that I am always his priority because I've lived it out with him and I have confidence and I have trust that... I am at the top of his list, and I love that. So listeners, if you've got a list that you're thinking about for the order of your life, 
I like thinking about what Jean and Sandra have said to us about putting God first, putting a spouse second, putting kids next, and everybody else. And I also love that Sandra is willing enough to say to her husband, Jean, here's the truth. You're spending too much time. And don't you love that fact that, you know, she's willing to say emotional energy because that's something that's really big. I mean, even if we're not spending time away from home, I know there are many nights where I'm working behind my computer and Farmer Dean will look up and say, ma'am, are you ever going to come over here and watch TV with me or play a game? Sometimes we'll play Uno. Farmer Dean calls it Oh No. So I love that. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, Jean. We're going to be back with them in just a few minutes. But listeners, marriages work. You know, we're talking about that today. But with God, all things are possible, even getting along with one another and making it your best marriage together. And maybe you're not married yet. Maybe you're dating. My daddy used to tell me, Kathleen, look really closely because whatever it looks like before marriage is what it's going to look like after marriage. Day after day, God's mercies are new for us. Isn't that encouraging? Because there are times when you can, you know, be kind of a pill. You can really get angry or upset. But the next day, it's another day to start over, to try better. We need to react out of love for our spouse or the person we're dating or just the people in our lives, our children. We need to be acting in love. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13, these words, and I'm sure you've heard them before because they're used so often at at weddings. This is the message version, so it's kind of a little bit more up to date. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. If you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth and today's guests talking about love are Jean and Sandra Shea. They've been married for 20 years. So Jean, when some days are harder than others, what do you do to help yourself remember to really, truly love Sandra for who she is? So on those hard days, I actually fall back to what I always tell myself, which is that Sandra, you're my best friend. And you're my soulmate. And I couldn't imagine living life without you. So no matter how hard things get, you're always my best friend. Jean, that is so sweet. It kind of melts a lady's heart. So Sandra, you soak that in when he says that. Sandra, when days are tough with Jean and he isn't looking like Superman that day, what makes you want to stay and work on things? Well, for me, it's actually a two-part answer. Um, the first is actually self-care. For me, when I'm upset with Jean, often it's because I have not been doing a good job taking care of myself, and I'm spent, I'm emotionally burnt out, I'm physically burnt out, I'm spiritually burnt out, and I need to stop and work on some self-care. But the thing that I do regarding Jean directly is I focus on his positive qualities. I think about the things and I actually say them out loud. I pray them to God. The things that I appreciate about Jean, the things that I like about him, the things that I value, the things that I can 
can look back over the 20 years of our marriage and say, this is something that I really like about him. And then I also try to make a point to actually affirm him. I'll send him a text. I'll give him a phone call I'll, if he's not in the room, or I'll walk up to him in the house and I'll say something positive. And that just turns my mindset around to be something more positive, And that usually really helps things. I think that's a really incredible key to getting along with anybody, not just a spouse. So if you're listening today and you're not married and you're not dating, maybe you're a widow or maybe you're just in between things and you might wonder, how how does this affect me? Well, I think having a positive outlook on anyone looking for their good qualities is really the only way that's going to help you get past the mistakes that we all have So this has been a really wonderful conversation with Jean and Sandra Shea. Thanks so much for being on my show. And we're going to continue right now, listeners, and we're going to talk about love in a sense from what kids think about love. These are some of my favorite quotes from kids. Are you ready? Six-year-old Neil said, Dear God, I went to see this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Marion, age 10, said, A man and a woman promise to go through sickness and illness and diseases together. That's what love is. And here's Glenn, age 7. If falling in love is anything like learning how to spell, I don't want to do it. It takes too long. Too funny. Listeners, no one will ever love us like God does. Sometimes we think that our spouse needs to be everything. Truth is, no one can be everything. Now, listen to what I'm saying to you. No one. Can be everything. They're not God. Scripture tells us in Psalm 28 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. God created you and me. He created this thing we call love. Scripture tells us we love him, God, because he first loved us. Not one of us is perfect, just God. Well, to close out the show, I asked my sweet farmer, Dean, two questions. I said, hey, will you be on the show? And he said, absolutely not. And don't ever ask me again. He's just too shy. So I said, "Okay, how about if I just tape you? You know, I'll I'll be right here at home and we'll just tape you. And he said, "Okay, but don't ever tell me that you're doing that. So, of course, a few days ago, I got out the old tape recorder here on my phone and got everything set up and Farmer Dean was talking up a storm, and yes, it was about corn and soybeans and the prices dropping. It was about what he was planting. It was about the mailman job. Oh, yeah, it just wasn't good. So we don't have him here today, but I wrote down everything he said when I told him, you've got to come up with something, mister. Here's what he said. He said, Kathy, one of the pieces of advice I want people to know is if you're looking for somebody, it's okay to look for people that aren't exactly like you because that's what I did. He told me as a bachelor, I always thought I'd get married, but instead it didn't happen. And I felt really sad. I was taking care of cows and the farm and it just kept me too busy and life went by. I saw other people. I'm from a small town. I saw other people. It just wasn't working for me. But when I saw you on the dating site, that was the one saying that seemed to make sense. It was that, well, if opposites attract, I hope that we're opposite. Farmer Dean dated me a couple of times, and then he wrote an amazing poem, and he emailed it to me. Here's what it said. Now, if you don't know much about me, you don't know that I sang seven years. I did jingles for radio stations, commercials, all the way from crazy funeral homes to anything. You name it. I sang commercials. So here's what Farmer Dean wrote me. 
I don't know, three weeks after we met. Who would have thought on American Singles I'd meet a girl who used to sing jingles? How did it happen that we met that way? It all started out just an ordinary day. I logged onto the website to try to find me a date. I was about to give up, and it was getting kind of late. As I sat looking, she popped up on the screen, the most beautiful gal that I'd ever seen. Well, the email goes on and on, and when I read it today to some of my friends, they were ooing and aahing and clapping and laughing because it was just so dear and emotional and sentimental. And let's just say that that email pretty much melted my heart and got me on a path to love and marriage. Love's a funny thing. It sees past all of the faults before commitment. And then when they start creeping in one by one, those little differences, well, we've got to figure it out, don't we? When we embrace love, when we get back to where we started and see that someone through the eyes of love, the way God sees them every day, they keep looking really fabulous. Happy Valentine's Day, friends. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us the example of true love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank you for making us with differences because if we were all the same, life would be really boring. Thanks for bringing loved ones into our lives. Help us to see each person through your eyes. Help us to see them with your love and help us to work hard on our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.